Hey guys, I'm back. Just wanted to hit y'all with a quick mini lesson, mini podcast, mini episode. I don't know. Uh, this is just something that I woke up with this morning because I had recently failed the Lord and he brought me to this verse. And I really thought it was about something, one thing, but then I realized that it was about something else. So if you want to turn with me, if you have your Bible to Matthew 7, 7, we're going to flip to the words of Jesus, where he's talking about giving, or not giving, but he's talking about receiving and how to receive well. It says in Matthew 7, uh, verse 7 through 8, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be open. And so, you know, whenever I read this verse, I always think of it as like, okay, well, this just means that I have to be really intentional about running after the Lord with what I want. But if you guys think about it, like, is that really all our relationship with God is boiled down to? Like, is it really just like asking, taking, receiving? Like, think about your best friend. Think about your best friend or like the person that you hold the closest. Like, do you really, all you do is just take, take, take? And, you know, you're like, oh, well, they're a good person. So, you know, the more that I ask, the more that I seek, the more that I knock the more that I'll get. But on the contrary, the Bible actually says, blessed is he who gives rather than receives. So yes, this is about receiving and how to receive well from the Lord. And I think that's important. That's an important lesson that Jesus was trying to get across. But at the same time, I think when it comes to temptation, when it comes to trying to live a more Christ in a more Christ-like way, I think it's important to think about this verse because Let's say that I'm in a situation where, like, I'm being tempted to sin against the Lord. And the remedy for this is scripture, obviously. But the truth in this is that the Bible says that if I ask and keep on asking, then it'll be given to me. And that if I seek and keep on seeking, that I'll find. If I knock and keep on knocking, like, the door will be open. So let's say that I'm dealing with, let's say I'm dealing with pride. That's something that I personally can, like, relate to or I've dealt with it. And let's say that I'm in a situation where, like, I could be prideful about it. Well, the ask is that, like, Lord, like, what what exactly is this thing that I'm feeling? Like, is this pride? Like, I feel like it is. But getting confirmation from the Holy Spirit inside of you to say, like, yo, heart check. You know what I mean? And then the seek is to seek the Lord out for his guidance on what to do. And so that's when you come to the word and that's when you're like, okay, Lord, like, what does the word say? What does the word say I should do in this situation or not do? And then the knocking, that's the action based off of what you found when you started seeking him. And the Bible says in uh, Psalm 37, 4, I swear, I go to this verse all the time, whether it's on a podcast or just like in person with people or over text, but it's like, it says, um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. This asking, seeking, this knocking, like this is delighting yourself in the Lord. This is saying like, God, I want what you want. Like I want to live not perfectly because that's unachievable, but I want to live close to you. One of the things that 
I think I struggle with is like perfectionism because I so badly want to be perfect. Like if everything could be the way that it should be, if everything could be perfect, like sign me up. I will click that button. I will do whatever I have to do. But the reality of this world is that it is impossible for me to be perfect. It's impossible for anybody to be perfect, male or female, you know, like black, white, like Christian or not, like it doesn't matter. Nobody's perfect. And so the goal in our lives shouldn't be to become perfect, like perfect moral Christians. It should be to get closer to God. And basically what David, the psalmist is saying in this verse, Psalm 37, four is like, when you love what the Lord loves, when you want what the Lord wants, he gives you what he wants. And it sounds weird, but it's like, what happens when you go through this process of what we found in Matthew asking and seeking and knocking is you start to have your desires change and it becomes easier to like delight in the Lord. Cause delight is a big word. Like when I delight in something, that means like I devote my time to it. That means that I devote like my thought life to it. That means that's a big one right there. My thought life. But like, that means that I devote, the like my resources to that thing and basically what the bible is saying is like the more that you practice like going to god with the everyday things the more he's gonna bless you and i think one of the things that a lot of us fall into is like like i i know for me like i can fall into this trap and i've seen so many people say like when i ask it like hey can i pray for you and they're like no it's not that big of a deal well the idea of prayer isn't also like, isn't totally for yourself. Like the idea is that we're coming to the father and saying like, Hey, you created us to be one way. You created us to be perfect. You created us to be like totally healed. And we're not like that right now. And so we're asking that you would restore us to the way that you intended. Now that's like very religious or whatever you want to call it, but like, it's still true. Like we may think that we can handle the little things on our own, but eventually like we start putting things onto ourselves and taking things off of God. And then it gets to the point where like, oh no, my fan finances are like in the gutter or like, I don't know what I'm going to do for college and all this stuff. And it's like, no, nah, I don't pray for me because like, you know, I don't want to bother God. You know what I mean? And it's like that. I hate it when people do that because I'm like, why wouldn't you accept the health that's available to you? And I hate it when I catch myself doing it because I've done it too. But Point is, point is, like, it takes a lot of humility to go through something like this, to go through this process. It takes a lot of humility to be like, okay, I'm dealing with this sin struggle, or like, I'm dealing with this circumstance in my life. I'm going to ask the Lord, like, yo, like, tell me exactly what this is so I can, so that you can help me, like, deal with it. Like, Lord, diagnose me. And then it takes humility to, like, know what the problem is, not try and fix it yourself, but like go to the Lord even more and like seek him and be like, yo, okay, God, so I know what the problem is. What does your word say about it? And then finally, it takes a ton of humility to act on it because that's, that's the last step of you saying like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not the expert you are. I'm not perfect. I'm not God. You are. And acting on what he says, no matter how crazy or boring it is. And at the end of the day, you're 
desires through this practice are going to be transformed. Like Romans 12, two says, um, it, again, this is another one of my favorite verses and I haven't quoted it in a while. And so I think I like, I've just been waiting, <laughs> but it says in Romans 12, two, and do not be conformed, but be transformed. Uh, sorry, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed and progressively changed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we started out with this process, ask, seek, knock. We've moved on to delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart because of the renewal of the mind. In this world, there are so many different things trying to quote unquote renew your mind. All that really means is that there's so many different things and people trying to influence you. Like there are people whose whole jobs are to influence kids. And I think that's uh, like, it sounds crazy when I say it, but I mean like, you know, I could say that about a lot of things. It's just the reality of our world. It's just the reality of our, the world that we're living in, the world that we're growing up in. And so for us, as we're growing up, my prayer is that this generation is going to be a generation that's like very discerning of what they put into their minds. Like, yes, you gotta watch what you eat and drink, but you also gotta watch what you watch and listen to and who you talk to and who you hang out with because those things will dictate the those things will dictate your destiny. Like there's this pastor, I love him. He's one of uh, I won't say he's one of my favorite pastors, but he's probably one of the wisest pastors I know. His name is uh, Pastor A.R. Bernard out of New York. But he says like your thought life is the beginning to changing your actions and your actions, you know, or your your thoughts determine like your words, words determine actions, actions determine your destiny. And so how do you control your thought life? Well, you've got to control like what you put into your mind. So does that mean reading the Bible all the time? No. Does that mean reading your Bible every day? Yeah, because the idea is again, like delighting myself in the Lord, like seek not or ask, seek knock, like, at, like do this is a daily process that we got to go through because again like there are so many things that the devil is trying to throw at us to debase us and to keep us away from Jesus and keep us from that intimacy but I think it's really important that we recognize the tactics of the enemy and that we um, do everything that we can to hold tight hold close to the Lord. I mean, there's this really good analogy of what we're talking about in Luke, where Jesus is talking about the, um, what is it? It's the, you guys, this is really annoying me that I can't like remember what it's called, but it's the house on the rock versus the house on the sand. Boom. And, you know, he talks about how everyone who comes to me, this is in Luke 6, 47, by the way, but he says, everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and obeys them, I will show you whom he is like. In verse 48, he says, he is like a man building a house. My Amplified Bible says, far-sighted, practical and sensible man building a house who dug deep 
and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house, and yet could not shake it, because it had been securely built and founded on the rock. But the one who had merely heard and has not practiced what I say is like a foolish man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it, and it immediately collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. So, breaking this a down a little bit, because again, this is supposed to be a mini lesson. Uh, it's Jesus says in verse 47, like, Everybody who, one, comes to me, two, listens to my words, three, obeys them. So, whole process. Ask, coming to Jesus. Seek, listening to my words, listening to Jesus. Knocks, obeys them, the action. That is the man who builds his house on the rock. Again, my Amplified Bible adds in, like, somebody who's far-sighted practical, sensible, or wise. And it specifically says in verse 48, who dug deep and laid a foundation on a rock. So that doesn't mean that, you know, one act of obedience is just going to be like, oh, I obeyed Jesus today. I'm done. Like my house is on the rock. We are Jay chilling right now, cooling it, pimp chimping, whatever you want to say. Like, no, like this is something where like the daily process of coming to Jesus, listening to him, and obeying. Like, that daily process, uh, that's what that's what helps you dig deep into the Word. That's what helps you dig deep into your relationship with Christ. That's what helps you, like, dig deep and find the rock. That's what uncovers, like, all the sand, all the stuff that's on top of the rock. But, like, the analogy, I'm getting lost in the analogy, but, like, the idea is, like, the more we obey him, the more solid we are in our faith. And so if you're struggling with like, yo, I'm not hearing God right now, or like, you know, I don't know if I'm a Christian, or like, I don't really know how to live like a Christian, just go to the Bible, read what the Bible says, like key example, um, Luke 6, 41. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice or consider the log that is in your own eye? Talking about comparisons. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't judge other people, especially when you've got the same problem. Like doing stuff like that, like gleaning truths from the Bible and putting them into practice, that's what builds your house on the rock. And the Bible says if you don't, because again, these are the people who haven't finished that third step. It's interesting because both of these men are building a house. Both of these men, you know, have foundations. It's just that last step of what the foundation is on is what sets them apart from life or death. And it's interesting because again, like there are three steps that Jesus highlights, three steps that I've been talking about. Like Jesus says people who come to him, people who listen to his words, and then people who obey his words. Those are the people who build their houses on the rock. But the man who didn't build his house on the rock, he came to Jesus. Yeah, step one, check. He listened to his words, step two, check. But he didn't actually act on them. And so it says that he's like a man who built on the ground without any foundation. Some, you know, depictions put him in the sand. And the torrent burst against it and immediately collapsed in the room. That house was great. So it's like... You can't go halfway with this stuff either. Like, it's so important that 
we're seeing this all the way through. Like, I understand having a short attention span. Believe me, I understand. I watch so many videos on YouTube and eventually like, I can't remember. I like cannot remember the last YouTube video I watched. And it was like five minutes ago. Okay, maybe not five, but it was like 20 minutes ago. But Jesus is like, yo, like if you're not following this process all the way through, you're gonna end up spiritually killing yourself. And that's kind of scary, not gonna lie. That's really scary. But I think I think it's I think it's good to know. I think it's just something that we like really gotta keep our guard on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna conclude here with first off a thanks for keeping up with me and my you know 17 minute rants. But I really pray that one, I'll take this to heart because I need this. But two, that y'all will take this to heart. Really think about like, okay, what can I be doing? Like, how can I be asking the Lord for guidance? How can I be seeking him out? How can I be listening to him? How can I be obeying him? How can I be knocking? Because the Bible says that he'll meet you where you are. It says that they that ask receive, they that seek will find, they that knock the door will be open unto them. So just know that if you decide like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through this process. This is something I'm going to do. It's not, you're, you're not going to be left empty handed. I promise you, you won't. Um, God's going to meet you where you are. Uh, that's, that's, that's it for tonight. It is 1254 AM in the AM. Again, I just said AM twice. What the heck, David? But, um, hope y'all have a great rest of your morning, day, or night. Peace.